Hello and welcome to Talk of the Town. This show is a collaboration between the City of Winter Park, the Winter Park Chamber of Commerce, and Rollins College, and each show provides useful information and a transparent look into the happenings in Winter Park. I'm Sam Stark, Vice President here at Rollins, and I'm pleased to serve as the host of the show. With me today is the President and CEO of the Winter Park Chamber of Commerce, Betsy Gardner-Eckbert, and Winter Park Mayor Phil Anderson. Great to be with you two today, and boy, I know we have a lot of a lot of ground to cover and a lot to hmm. talk about. So uh, thanks for being here, and um, welcome back to Talk of the Town. Thank you, Sam. Glad to be here, and welcome to the really the first of summer. I know. Holy it cow! Clearly, is summer here, isn't it? I know you guys both had to walk a little bit, and just a just a couple hundred <laughs> yards walking across campus can uh, give you a little bit of a workout. A couple beads of sweat emerging from above my upper lip. It reminds me that it's summer in Florida and will be until November. You you, you glow, Betsy, for sure. Uh, We're also joined by Anne-Marie Cooper. Welcome, Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie runs uh, government affairs for the Winter Park Chamber of Commerce, and um, we're happy to have you here. Maybe we can start with... um, all of your interesting news and topics. I know there's some events that are coming up, at least one in particular that um, is important to the whole uh, community. So Anne-Marie or Betsy, you want to start talking about the political mingle? Yeah, every year we are privileged to collaborate with Bill Cowell's office in bringing a kind of a dress rehearsal for the August ballot to our community. And uh, Supervisor Cowell's staff will be there with their voting booths and we'll have actual straw ballots that look like the ballot you're going to see in August. And what's great is that so many of our candidates will be there so that people can meet them and get to know them and make informed decisions. Emory's worked really hard on making sure that we've got a robust delegation of contenders there. And uh, Emory, can you tell us a little bit about who we can expect and why people should attend this event? Yeah, good morning, everybody. It's good to be back. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so first of all, I'm going to go nuts and bolts to start. It's next, er, not next Tuesday. It's Tuesday, June 28th. It's at the Winter Park Event Center from 5 to 8 p.m. And you can learn more about everything that we're talking about on our website at winterpark.org where we do list out all the candidates who are slated to attend. Um, but it's going to be a fun evening. We have uh, folks from up and down the ballot. There, as you know, for the August primary, there are a number of races, both at the statewide level, local level, uh, county level, and a lot of judges. So <laughs> for me, that's important because I feel like, you know, I follow the stuff day in and day out. And yeah, I know who's running for governor. I know who's running for state representative in our area. But I don't necessarily follow what's going on in the judicial arena as much. And so we're excited to have a number of candidates that I think everybody's going to want to learn more about. So I'm going to just read. Yeah, please. Who's here, who's coming at the moment, if you don't mind. Love it. So I'm going to go alphabetically. Keep it easy for me. We have Judge Andrew Bain, who's running for county judge in Group 2. Aldo Bartolone is ninth uh, circuit judge in Group 44. Judge John Beamer from also the Ninth Circuit, but Group 14. We have Democratic candidate for Florida's 10th Congressional District, Jeff Boone. We have Amanda Sampeo-Bova from Orange County for Orange County Judge Group 9. We have Senator Jason Broder, who is running for the new district, uh, Senate District 10. We have Judge Vincent Chu from the Ninth Judicial Circuit, Group 44. Representative Anna Escamani. Uh, who's running for the newly formed uh, District 42. 
Judge Elizabeth Gibson, Orange County Judge Group 17. Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith, who will be running for uh, District 37 in the House of Representatives, or rather, state representatives. Um, Allison Karastis, 9th Judicial Circuit Group 9. Michael Morris, 9th Judicial Circuit Group 8. Faye Olga Pappas, 9th Judicial Circuit Group 9 as well. And Judge Elizabeth Starr, Orange County Judge Group 8. So we do have... Yeah. A host of judges. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's... <laughs> I'm not running. So. <laughs> you know, and actually, not this year. <laughs> we have, we have um, I, should, I should also mention, Orange County Public Schools is coming. They've got a resolution that's on the ballot as well, talking about the one mill um, uh, program. And so uh, I've got more candidates signing up every yeah, day. Sure. So you really need to be checking our website to see who's the latest and greatest that's joining us. But, um, you know... Another nice thing about this event, and in addition to getting to learn who's on the ballot and who these folks are and what they stand for, it's a fun night. So there's business leaders, community leaders, yummy, delicious bites from Chef Jamie McFadden at Cuisinaires, oh. and we will have our own signature cocktail. Oh. <laughs> They're, uh, yeah, a summer berry mojito, which on a day as hot as today sounds delicious already at 9 something a.m., but um, no, it's going to be a fun evening. Uh, and just we expect a couple hundred people to turn out. Good. I know it's a great event. And, you know, look, we all know about it, right? We all talk about it, and you hear about it. Advocacy matters. Um, But, Mayor, I think you would agree that advocacy from somebody you know or have met, not that it matters more, but it certainly resonates a little bit more uh, when when you hear from somebody that you shook their hand and you saw them and you heard it right directly from them. Yeah, there's no replacement for the relationships and the phone numbers that you get. And uh, you're right, just being able to have that open line to, to chat about what's on your mind or what an issue might be in front of you, and to be able to offer referrals to other people that come to you, yeah, uh, it's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, you know, I have to just, he's not going to be at the political mingle, but, uh, you know, a little mini story is uh, Cha- uh, Chairman Constantine and I had an issue that uh, cropped up in Seminole County. But because we've known each other all of these years, you know, we were able to sort of work through and organize the team. And you can do that at the state level, too. So we really appreciate y'all hosting this political mingle. Very good. Betsy, anything else? I mean, other than encouraging people to go to winterpark.org and keep an eye on the candidates and the event and buy tickets. Yeah, I've got one nuts and bolts. Tickets are now $25, and then they become $30 at the door. So it behooves you (laughs) to get on to winterpark.org and register early to get your tickets so that you can save yourself some money. But, you know, one of the things that we're continuing to see, I'm sure Rollins and the city see this as well, is this pent-up appetite to go to events. And people are really turning out to our events with gusto and in record numbers. And I think people are just looking for ways to connect to other people and feel really actually engaged in their community instead of sitting on a Zoom zombie screen, right? Right. So it's just so exciting to see how people are resonating with what we're doing. And we know this is going to be just another opportunity for what we see in surveys is please just give us more networking opportunities. So this is going to be one of the bigger ones that we do throughout the year. And of course, we're so excited to have it at the Winter Park Event Center for the first time ever. So it's going to be a great venue. And, you know, you mentioned some of the candidates who uh, before this year uh, weren't, quote, as relevant to us because now some of the districts have changed. So, you know, you mentioned Senator Broder, who who was not 
uh, our senator before and, and will be now or is now possibly in the, in the future. So that, too, will be an interesting shift. I know, Mayor, that'll be interesting for, mm-hmm. for the city, having a few new colleagues and, and people to work with. So um, always new and interesting information, and that's the place to be, the Mingle, to find out who they are and what's going on. So, Amber, anything else? Any other sort of hot and heavy government affairs issues you want to talk well, about? Well, thank you for asking, because I was going to say, you know, the last time I was here, we talked a lot about arts and culture. Yes. And so one thing that many of your listeners, I'm sure, are aware of, the governor signed the largest budget in history just a few weeks ago. And included in that was more than $59 million in funding for the uh, Division of Cultural Affairs uh, Matching Grants Program. And we had gone up with the mayor um, in January to meet with state legislators and advocate for this. This is something the chamber's been doing for a number of years. The program had been all but gutted back in 2018 and 19. This is near full funding. Awesome. There are eight facilities, uh, cultural facilities in the Winter Park area that are getting more than $500,000 with a nine to one economic return for our area. That's more than $5 million of activity that's going to be generated here, mostly in the small business arena. So we are just so th- thankful and grateful for our local representatives and delegation who supported that. And it's just a little bit of good news. A lot of good news. Yeah. Very good. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah, and you. um, you're always welcome to stay and chip into anything else we have to talk about. I'm or... sit back and watch. <laughs> All right, very good. Um, let's change subjects from, from politics to food. Um, boy, some very interesting news lately. And um, Winter Park finds itself to in, in many ways in the middle of um, – of, um, of, of a food renaissance and our restaurants all throughout Central Florida, but a handful, particularly in Winter Park, are getting recognition through the uh, Michelin Star Program. Betsy, I know you. this one's probably um, right up your alley. Uh, so you want to share a little bit about what some of that news is? Well, I'm excited because I lived in London where Michelin stars are, you only wanted to go to those restaurants. It was a big deal. And it's nice to live in a town that's actually recognized yes. by Michelin. Um, so that's a really big leap forward. And I think, of course, Winter Park punching above its weight uh, in a guide that so Michelin did a guide for Orlando, Tampa and Miami. And it it pleases me that Winter Park uh, got a a star and two Bib Gourmands out of that, which is a a fantastic piece of of really global recognition for who's doing the best work in in kind of the culinary world. Uh, If you're not familiar, Soseki, which is right on Fairbanks Avenue, received the Michelin star for its modern take on the formal Japanese dining style of omakase. And Chef Mike Calantes is just a fantastic, approachable guy who's very passionate about food. And he's got kind of this laser-like focus on Florida produce that results in a menu that changes monthly. So his guests are likely to experience a new culinary experience every time they come and really interact with him and it's it's a whole experience and he is just a fantastic person and we're so excited to um, announce and support this big milestone for him Um, we were thrilled that we booked him to do a demonstration and talk at our summer soiree which is actually in july so if you want to meet mike he will be at that we're so excited that we booked him before all this recognition came Mm -hmm. in because i think he's like 
the Beatles now, and so we're we're thrilled. But Swine and Sons and Ravenous Pig got the Bib Gourmand Award, which recognizes you know quality and value in the dining space. And so we are thrilled that that Winter Park is getting the recognition that it deserves with so many really globally leading thinkers in the culinary space. So making it an even more attractive place to spend your time and money um, when you've got disposable uh, m- amounts of both to do that. So we're so so thrilled to announce that and and have that be part of the kind of galaxy of options here in Winter Park. Do you want to, I don't know, you know, I saw the list and I think it was at least specific Winter Park was the Ravenous Pig and Swine and Sons Mm -hmm. for the Bib Gourmand and then the recommended restaurants, Kai Asian Street Fair. I I don't know if that's officially in the city over there on 436, just south of Howell Branch. Um, So a Winter Park address, but not technically in the the city. city. Yes. uh, We won't let that bother us. That's right. I'll take full credit for that one. Um, Orlando Meats. Still comes into the come to Winter Park for fine dining. That's yes. right. That's right. And uh, and Prado. Uh, did I miss anyone that you know of? Well, Cadence, which is just over our city line border, is on Winter Park Road. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's another one yeah, of those. Domu, which is in the. Correct, in the East End Market. Yeah. So spiritually kind of <laughs> affiliated, but not technically. <laughs> right. So, uh, Well, all good. All good for quality of life and, and sort of uh, community marketing and branding to, exactly. to help the, the food scene. I think we all know it and we see it. You know, food is a uh, is a driver, is an economic driver. And uh, we see it on Park Avenue and the Central Business District with the great restaurants that either may or may not get, you know, those kind of uh, international recognitions. But it, it matters and it's really important. We so. got to make sure the Rollins families and students have That's got plenty right. of options to look at while they're here. That's right. So we'll go from politics to food to maybe homes. I know mm-hmm. parade of homes is um, is is kind of a big thing. Um, Betsy, I think that was something you might be wanted to share a little bit about or talk about. For yeah, a just kind of continuing on this theme where when people recognize quote Orlando, they're actually not recognizing Orlando, <laughs> and they're recognizing Winter Park contenders. So the parade of homes begins this week, um, kicking off. There'll be a ribbon cutting. Uh, on Thursday, the 16th of June, for a really interesting entry into the market, which is done by Turning Leaf Custom Homes, and it's 1848 Lockberry Road. Uh, This was really designed to be an energy-efficient prototype and won awards for design excellence, remarkable layout, the navigation, smart technology, functionality, but even down to the tech stuff, they've got an insulated concrete form wall that provides superior energy efficiency, safety, indoor air quality, et cetera. So if you're interested in that kind of nerding out, um, mm. this is there's plenty for you to do that. And then just it's a gorgeous home on Lockberry Road. We are thrilled that Chamber Trustee and um, represented on our board, Lundev, located right there. Corporate offices are right in the Central Business District. They have 2813 Mulford Avenue, Uh, That will be open on the 18th, the 25th, and the 26th only. Can't say enough great things about the team at Lundev and Josh Biter, who's on our board. Uh, They do really top-notch work throughout the region, so I would recommend people going to check that out as well. Um, But we are so excited to see two entrants into, you know, this is a a region of explosive growth with lots of options with respect to technology and home building. But these guys seem to be um, leading the pack, and we're thrilled about that. If you want information about the Parade of Homes, you can get it at info at paradeofhomesorlando.com because we really want to encourage people 
to sign up and come see what makes these homes in Winter Park so special. Yeah, fantastic. Well, good. Thanks for sharing about that. Uh, you know, Mayor, as as the sort of the political world, you know, is robust with challenges and and all kinds of things. How, you know, kind of what's the Winter Park scene? In other words, you know, what where, where, where do you find our kind of local economy to be and and employment, and what are you kind of hearing on, at, at, at your level and within city walls of City Hall? You know, I, I think, uh, you know, certainly Winter Park revol- revolves around, you know, what we offer commercially, but really a lot about what our homes are and, and our values in our homes. And, you know, I think everyone would agree that real estate and homes mm-hmm. in particular have done very, very well. And as the biggest stock of most people's savings and investments, it, it's a big deal. You know, but I think I think there's also a growing discussion about you know what's the regional region look like in terms of retaining and attracting people, and um, you know, so I think it's it's interesting on the flip side of the coin to the uh, open house and the uh, the parade of homes for these high end efficiencies. We're also having a discussion that same day uh, about the gap in housing, and it's sponsored by the Hannibal Square Land Trust. And that's coming up on Thursday night, which is tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night. And, um, and then I think I'll touch on two other, you know, one or two other events. You know, with summer, we're, we also see two big, big things in our city. We have our Juneteenth celebration coming up on Saturday, 10 o'clock at Hannibal Square. That's a big, big thing. And our other celebration of freedom, of course, is July 4th coming up, which will be, um, you know, certainly before our next podcast. Right. But, uh, you know, these are great things that make Winter Park such a such a cool little town to live in. And uh, for your Rollins kids, the Rollins uh, students, and, you know, I love the fact that they get to spend three or four or five years, however long it takes, <laughs> uh, you know, and to really have a great experience of what it's like to live in a community that acts like a small town. Yeah. And, um, and I just... It's robust. We've got a lot of exciting things going on. You know, I love hearing about all the dining things that are going on. But, yeah. um, you know, in, uh, in the world of our nuts and bolts, you know, we're, uh, you know, we're really going through what our priorities are. You know, we're talking with Orange County about the future of Fairbanks. <laughs> I think that we've been talking about the future of Fairbanks for 100 years. And uh, we're still doing it. But this time we've got some work sessions going on with the mayor's office and, and looking at, you know, how that area is going to transform over the next 20 to 30 years. Yeah. Uh, that's a big priority for us. And, uh, and I think the other part, and, you know, as we're running our air conditioners at full blast during the summer, uh, you know, on an event side, the library in their new building for the first year ever is in absolute full swing. Um, we can tell because we get the phone calls about parking, but that's a different time. <laughs> <Right. laughs> the good news is people, families, and kids are really using the library this summer, and it's just going to be a great, a great place for us. Um, and then the last thing that's, uh, that we're out there, and, and I want to, you know, uh, thank the president of Rollins and you, Sam, for joining us in the city as we're sort of forming a partnership around how to work with Rollins on our sustainability and more notably, you know, how we're going to bring our power company to fuel all these air conditioners in line with more renewable energy. Uh, it's a really big deal. It's an initiative that we're out there 
and we're really excited about partnering with uh, with Rollins in particular. You know, it's such a big focus of what y'all do too. Yeah, no, it's a huge deal, um, and we appreciate your leadership on that. And um, I know the president and the whole institution, you know, is excited to, you know, number one, help the campus and sort of start internally and work our way out, and and really try to help and support the community. And um, it, it's just too important to to not address. So. Thanks, thanks to you for that, and I know that we've we've sort of touched on it uh, at, at times, probably during each of our each of our shows. But maybe one time we'll, we'll you know once we know a little bit more and certain task forces that the mm-hmm. city creates and uh, decisions are made and um, motions are passed, we'll we'll be able to dive really deeply into it. But for sure, the commitment is there, both from the city, the college, the, the business community. I know the other you know sort of bigger corporate entities in Winter Park, be it uh, Advent Health or, or Full Sail and, and others I know are also very interested and involved too. So um, it takes a village, as they say. The You mentioned Juneteenth and, and uh, the, the July 4th, so people can go to cityofwinterpark.org right. to, uh, to find out more about um, all of those events. And again, just, you know, sort of our little hamlet here, so Im- impressive that the city prioritizes two events like that. You know, um, July 4th has a long history. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juneteenth doesn't quite, um, but but is clearly a, a, something important for, for the whole for the whole community. Uh, Betsy, how about from your seat, you know, sort of business development and um, occupancy in Park Avenue in the Central Business District? What's what's the latest in, in, in that? Well, it's robust, but it's also uh, painted with rainbow flags right now, which is something that uh, we are thrilled to be part of a collaboration to bring to life. I want to share a little bit about the Pride Project. Um, if you haven't had a chance to meet Thor Falk, who is the executive director and visionary behind the Winter Park Pride Project, you need to work on that because Thor is an amazing guy. And and just to see the banner poles and rainbow flags all over our community is a tribute to his passion and dedication and spirit of, of partnership. Thor came to me about a year and a half ago and said, Betsy, we want to have a thousand pride flags flying in Winter Park in June to let people know that we're an inclusive community. And, you know, when he came to me, he said, Betsy, I'm really nervous to be here. I I just don't know that we're going to be able to get your support. And I said, of course, you're going to get our support because uh, welcoming people is good for business. So we are thrilled to um, to in our second year be able to welcome people of all backgrounds and to send an inclusive message to our visitors and residents, students that live here, that this is a community that welcomes people of any origin or destination or orientation. Um, And so we are delighted that last year uh, the Chamber of Commerce was a flag distribution point and is a flag distribution point. If you want to get a flag, um, they're available at the Chamber of Commerce. You'll see the Pride Project with the iconic rainbow peacock Mm -hmm. on the banner poles. But, But the whole Pride Project is such a wonderful tribute to the collaboration between Rollins, because Thor is a Rollins graduate. It was lovely to see the Pride flag hanging from the Rollins giant flagpole out in front this morning as I came up. The Winter Park branded pride flag is flying for the month of June. And then I really want to thank the city because, you know, we early on talked about a collaboration of getting the banner poles up. But we've gone a little bit step deeper this year in the leadership from our police chief, Tim Volkerson, who's made sure that a pride flag is flying in front of our police department. 
which is a really wonderful signal, not least to the people that work in the police department, because we have to stay competitive in recruiting police officers, but also um, to the people that we serve, saying that we're going to be fair in in our dealing with everyone in this community, and we see you and hear you. And I think uh, Chief Fulkerson deserves a tremendous amount of credit for his visionary leadership in signaling to the community that he serves that this is an inclusive community from his perspective as well. So we're delighted about that. And we have uh, two very big pride flags on the balcony of of my office at the Chamber of Commerce building. And, you know, we are just thrilled because we want to experience the commercial benefit that comes from being an inclusive place. And, And we know that there's lots of disposable income there that can come and experience our restaurants and shops and Come to Rollins College, for example, and, and we want everyone to feel included. So it's a really great moment uh, to see that we've got these flags flying all over the community. And the Pride Project actually works to increase, of course, LGBTQ plus visibility in Winter Park, but also to raise funds for organizations that provide community programs and activities for LGBTQ plus youth. And we know that LGBTQ plus people and their allies exist in all corners of Winter Park. And this is an expression of the Pride Project's mission to help show their pride and show the world that Winter Park is an inclusive place. So I couldn't be more proud of Winter Park uh, for stepping up to the plate and being a, a nationally leading community in doing this. It's, it's a wonderful source of, not to torture the word, pride for me. So I'm really happy about it. Fantastic. I'm just going to add a quick note yeah. about, you know, Chief, um, you know, Tim, <laughs> Chief Tim. But Tim uh, Volkerson, he's done a great job. And he is a graduate of your Leadership Winter Park program. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, I think it's good to see one of your graduates out there uh, really taking hold of some of these initiatives. And, um, you know, we think we have a great department. He has a really strong tact for hiring great, great officers. Um, So thank you. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things when you think about we ask rooms full of people, especially our youth leaders program, which will start next week in the summer. Hey, what do you guys think a chamber of commerce does? And we just get a (laughs) room full of blank stares back and we ask that. But, you know, we as a staff and as a board always try to remind ourselves that we're here to form the synaptic connections between various stakeholding groups throughout the the community. And and we're here to step up and do what the private and public sectors either can't or won't do. And so to be able to bring groups like that together and create the partnerships and facilitate the, you know, the starting of things that matter is really what our mission is all about. It's to convene people and ideas for the benefit of our businesses and our community. And I can't think of a better expression of that than the Pride Project, which is benefiting uh, our businesses and our community. And it, it's interesting that uh, some of my businesses last year said, why should I have this flag in, in my store? I said, well, don't you want more business? And they said, well, yeah. And they can actually trace an increase in business to their their participation in this last year. So we're thrilled Powerful. to see that because at the end of the day, that's what we're here for. But we always want at least a double bottom line benefit that impacts the community in a positive way too. Love that. Talk a little bit about um, the, the Welcome Center. Um, you just made a little bit of a change within one of the smaller galleries on the first floor of the Welcome Center. And um, it's a great community asset, a city facility. And I think what you did with it is a brilliant sort of touch that, that uh, helps the community and, and promotes art. So, Well, again, our job is to be a force multiplier, right? So when the city... 
uh, installed its best of show collection in the library and event center. The architect team out of New York, Ajay and Associates, curated the pieces they wanted to fit that space. And they had lots of great art to work with. Uh, There were a few pieces that they didn't have a home for, not because they weren't great pieces, but they just either didn't fit because of space or ethos or or, you know, the look. Um, and so the assistant city manager, Michelle Del Valle, came to me and said, hey, we've got these pieces. Could the chamber building be a home to some of them? And I said, OK. So we went over to the dusty halls of the retired library and mm-hmm. we saw these wonderful pieces. And I said, well, these should be meaningfully curated and installed as an expression of our prioritization on arts and culture in the community. And we want visitors who come to the Welcome Center to get hit right away with what we're all about. So let's turn our gallery space into a new home for this curated collection of best in show pieces. And so I'm so grateful because, again, it was a partnership with with uh, Rollins College. We had Austin from the Rollins Museum of Art help us with the hanging and, and the placement of things. And we've got didactic explanations of every piece that's up there. And we just wanted our visitors to know that in the spring, we've got the Sidewalk Art Festival. In the fall, we've got the Autumn Art Festival. Now, the pieces that are there were all best in show from the Spring Festival, which is an important distinction. But you know, we want to make sure that people know that this is what you what, what's here. In case you didn't come here for this, you're going to want to stay here for it. So mm-hmm. it's a wonderful collection. It's going to be permanently installed there. And uh, it's really cool and interactive. And it's a great way for us to plan our flag. And this is what matters to us because we know that from our visioning study. We know that culture and arts and, and heritage are, you know, that that's the brand. And so we want to make sure that we're telegraphing that message to people who appear at the Welcome Center, and then they can ask for more. Where's the Morse Museum? Where's the Rollins Museum? How can we engage better? So again, another collaboration between Rollins, the city of Winter Park, and the chamber that we're thrilled to help facilitate. Love that. Love that. Um, I want to just take a moment, if if you would, on two things, at least sort of Rollins-centric. One, last week, we forced the mayor to to engage. We had the meeting that he mentioned about sustainability and it was right at the time that our baseball team was in Cary, North Carolina, <laughs> playing in the College World Series. And uh, it was a very close game. And so we, 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 we appreciate the mayor taking two innings of his time <laughs> to, uh, to watch Rollins close out a game and win and advance to the final game before making it to the championship. The baseball team had an amazing season. That was really fun and intimate. We're all crowded around someone's computer. Right. You know, so you got five or six people watching this on the computer screen. Right. But it was, uh, impressive. That's good it was great. Congratulations to Rollins for finishing as well. That, that was a great spot. It was a great spot. Coach John Shogren does an amazing job and had a, a fantastic year. So that was fun. And, and, uh, and it was neat to see the president of the, of, of the college and the mayor of the city, you know, together. I hope know, somebody got a cheering. picture of that. No, I didn't. I don't think we did in our city <laughs> manager. Because that feels a little humble and adorable. We should <laughs> have know. a picture of that. I know. That was a miss. <laughs> and then the other one is, you know, maybe people see it around town. But while our students are gone for the summer, Rollins is busy with uh, summer camps. And so some of them are, are more local. So kids of, uh, you know, some of our friends and colleagues are sending their kids to soccer camps and basketball camps and volleyball camps here on campus. But then we have a lot of overnight camps, too, from uh, organizations all over the country. So um, 
just a you know, small incremental way to keep uh, lights on over here, but also hopefully to help bring a smidge of business back over into, uh, into the, to, to the central business district. So. You know, Sam, I live in the neighborhood and I have always hated it when Rollins clears out because it feels like somebody's just gutted the neighborhood. <laughs> and last night I was walking my dog um, next to those idyllic lakeside village um, residence halls. And I just thought, this place is like a resort. This is fantastic. People were out paddling around in the pool and having a great time. And it's so nice to see all the life that's happening here in the summer. So thanks for yeah. helping our businesses that way and helping our community stay buzzy over on this side of town while your students are away for the summer. Good hook. Well, anyone, anything you want to close with, Mayor? Uh other than I, I had the opportunity to see a preview of the new Museum of Arts, um, new installation, yeah. and it's quite remarkable and it's fun, and you get to watch, you see the lake when you're when you're done, and you walk out. It's just a, it's a great setting. Yeah. So, and uh, you know, I think we're excited about the new museum when that when that takes place. And I think I was hearing a statistic that it's going to be two or three. You're going to have as two to three times the amount of display opportunity. Right. So a lot of the works that you don't get to see are going to be out for display when the new museum comes in. Yeah. So looking someone, forward to that. Someone who, who you know, uh, I told you about earlier, asked yesterday, why are you building a new museum? I said, because we have a whole collection, you know, sitting in storage. And it's a right. shame to, to, to keep it, you know, in, in the dark and away from the public. So I yeah. love that problem. That's we have right. to build a museum because our collection is too yeah, big. To yeah. expand it for so, sure. Anne-Marie, thank you for getting us the money. Emory's a train killer we send her up there we love it right that's right Betsy anything for you well we got our soiree coming up in July so watch this space tickets are already on sale for that that's where you're going to be able to get in front of Mike Calantes if you want half a shot at doing that because and we got so many other great it's a lifestyle event so we'll have more information about that coming out probably we'll be focusing on that next month's podcast but it's a great opportunity to just celebrate Winter Park's lifestyle at yeah. this event. Um, it's primarily a women's event, but we always welcome men at those as well. Mm-hmm. So if you want to come out and hear what's going on, we'll have you know floral, travel information, just a lot of really cool lifestyle things going on at our event next month. But uh, always follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or check us out at winterpark.org for more information about the Winter Park Chamber. Excellent. And uh, cityofwinterpark.org for the city and rollins.edu for, uh, for Rollins. So thanks uh, to each of you for, uh, for another great edition of Talk of the Town. I just love this, uh, this moment that we all get together and um, share and collaborate and uh, partner. Um, be sure to uh, stay tuned for the show in July. We'll be back. Keep an eye on the uh, city and Rollins and Winter Park Chamber uh, communications to uh, be updated on everything that we're doing. Special thanks to Angel, our awesome uh, marketing coordinator and board operator, who uh, um, is uh, hanging with us even a little bit during uh, this summer. So uh, we wish you all a great day in Winter Park, and thanks for tuning in to Talk of the Town.